0: Hey love, welcome to episode 5 of Another Phase. I'm Tamara Dreesen, (laughs) your host. I never know if I'm supposed to introduce myself or do you already know, (laughs) but just in case you don't know, this is me and here we are. And in my book Luna, there's a whole section on intuition and how to turn up the volume to your intuition, how to develop your psychic senses and what the psychic senses are. And this week's guest is David Petrusich and I'm so excited to have him on the show because we're going to be really diving deep into all of that. David is an intuitive medium. He teaches the psychic arts and he's just this like magical human being. I know it's super cheesy to say this, but I just love his energy. When I met him at a press event last year, I just, yeah, we just started talking about spirituality and psychic practices straight away, <laughs> which I love. Um, it's not often that you connect with people with things that you love like, straight away like that. Yeah, I just knew I'd met a kindred spirit and I find it really fascinating how this conversation is all about being psychic and I very much feel like the nudge to invite David on the show was very intuitive it was very psychic I was meditating it felt like his spirit guides were talking to my spirit guides and getting us to connect um and as soon as I got that message I ne- definitely didn't question it it was a full body yes and as soon as I'd finished meditating I got an Instagram and DM'd David and was like hey do you want to be on my show um and yeah thankfully he was up for this and I just yeah I, I've been listening back to this conversation and I'm um, yeah I really love it I really love the things that have come through and I think they're going to be really helpful for people that are maybe yeah wanting to cultivate their intuition and navigating maybe being psychic or intuitive and exploring all of these mystical practices when other people around you don't. Get it? <laughs> um, they call it this coming out of the spiritual closet. So this is going to be a conversation um, that will be filled with our own personal experiences as well. So I really hope that serves you. So David... For anyone that doesn't know you and definitely needs to know you would you be able to like just yeah tell us a little bit about yourself like what you do what you're all about um and yeah just whatever wants to come through
1: yeah short answer is I'm a modern day alchemist and I'm a clarity <laughs> consultant long answer <laughs> uh, long answer is I'm a psychic medium I'm an astrologer I'm a clarity consultant, so I work with businesses to integrate wellness and raise consciousness in the workplace. Um, And I'm a yoga teacher and spiritual teacher. So um, I have always had an affinity towards um, the unseen and the subtle Mm -hmm. and the occult and the mysterious. I, like many, um, like many young witches in the nineties, I saw the craft once when I was like seven or eight years old. What year were you born in? 89 okay yeah we're in 89 so I'm a I'm a, I'm a total 90s baby mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know I saw the craft once and I was like what is all this feminine power and yeah I said it's uh I started studying astrology and a little bit of witchcraft around age 11 or 12 and then wow. eventually swung back into it um in my early 20s and. Started developing my intuition, reading tarot, and then eventually started developing my psychic and medium ability. So it's just been a journey, but
0: oh, um, I love it. I oh, already, I'm like, oh, there's so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> um, and like for you, like what was the other than the craft? Like, how were there people in your life that were interested in all of like mod, like mysticism and the occult? Or were people like, David, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) More so, David, what are you doing? You know, I (laughs) I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and Mm. in the Midwest, uh, spirituality, metaphysics, psychology, witchcraft, (laughs) all of that is, um, I don't want to say it's not welcome, but it's just not normal, you know? And I think a lot of times, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but like the first time I came to the UK maybe because of the sphere like I met you in and the type of work I was doing then I feel like a lot of people overseas over the pond look at Americans as like we're all about the metaphysics and we're all about you know spirituality (laughs) I'm like that's the west coast that's why I'm here that's (laughs) why I haven't moved to the west coast because the other the uh, middle and the southern and the eastern cities um they're not so much into it, but hmm. you know it's interesting because a lot of those older cities on the East coast that's where a lot of you know American witchcraft started yeah. right? it came it came from you guys essentially yeah. and elsewhere but um no, I didn't grow up with you know i I grew up kind of religious mm-hmm. um, um but no one was around me to kind of spoon feed me spirit or magic. Mm-hmm. I definitely was kind of born with that uh, wanderlust for it and was always talking to plants. You know, we would play ghost in the graveyard, like hide and seek, nighttime hide and seek. And I would be hiding and I'd be talking to the moon at night. And I remember, <laughs> I remember being in middle school and I had two girlfriends over and we were in my backyard and I was like, we're going to meditate. And they're like, what? I'm like, come, we're going to meditate. And I started, we started chanting to the elements and, my eyes were shut and I was so serious yeah so into it
0: I can see it now (laughs) and
1: one of them put a worm in my hand and I like freaked out and you know that they didn't take it seriously and I ended up like storming off but um you know I was kind of the the closeted gay mystic in school so I Mm. I hid it a lot and Mm. it wasn't until um I moved to the Chicago, the city when I was 19 and I went to art school that I became more liberated in my practice mm-hmm. and met other people that were like me in that, in that sense. So yeah. And eventually, you know, I, one of the big reasons I left Chicagoland and Midwest, I needed a change of life. I had outgrown that city and that region. I heard the call of Colorado. My guides kept showing me Colorado everywhere I went. I, I met my lover, my partner, yeah. my life partner, Javen, but, um, she lived in Denver at the time, but I, um, you know, I needed more. I needed to learn more. I needed to mm-hmm. be with people who believed in what I believed, and that's why I'm kind of where I'm at now, where yeah.
0: I live in the US. And I think that's so important as you're coming out of like coming out of the spiritual closet alone. Mm-hmm. It's and I think I can imagine with, and like coming out of the the other closet. It's that you need, yeah. <laughs> so you need your people, that like you need those people that understand you so that you can find your own way and feel feel into it. Because I think some people think that spiritual awakening is this like lightning bolt moment and then everything is crystal clear and <laughs> you know your totally. purpose and it just doesn't work like that. There's so many questions that come from, from that awakening and having... Having those people around you and is, I think, taking that leap of faith to find those people yeah. and and position yourself with with those people and even not knowing that those people are going to be there. Yes, and I be, allowing them to guide
1: it too, because mm. we, I think, one of the hardest things for it, not even just you know spiritual people or magical mm. people or conscious people is um, just any human is we outgrow. We outgrow our soulmates. Mm. So we have soulmates when we're children. We have soulmates in our family. We have soulmates who are our first love and our best friends, our coworkers. And yeah, we, we have different tribes for different times in our life. And it's, it's letting go at times and mm. it's moving it around or it's coming back too. Mm. It's always fun when, you know, you think a path with somebody is over and then later in life, you're like, oh, wow, we're still, we're still here in a way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think that's that's something yeah. to also just honour, like those people that do stay, even though you have very different interests, they're there, they're always there. Yeah. And like, there's, there's something and like, even I, I think I found it personally, like people... At the beginning, we're like, tomorrow, what are you doing? Like my mum, I'm always a little bit envious of people like, yeah, my mum is really spiritual and I just wasn't into it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, if my mum was like that, I would be soaking that up.
1: Same, yes. <laughs> I found that. I actually have a really, um, a great friend who's a reader and intuitive and she was raised by an intuitive hmm. And when I met her, I was like, what was that like? And she's yeah. like, honestly, it was kind of hard. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. couldn't hide things. You know, everything had to become <laughs> like a conversation about my feelings and mm. like what that actually means. And I have found the few people I know that were raised like that, they, they almost kind of shy away from yeah. that. It's, it's yeah.
0: classic, isn't it? It's just difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have a, uh, me and Javen, you know, we, we want, we don't need to have children, but maybe mm. one day. One day we will, but we had a friend once ask us like, "Okay, so if you had a child, so you had a daughter, and she wanted to be a scientist Mm -hmm. or a politician, (laughs) you know, what would you say?" And I'm like, "Oh, she's like, and she didn't want to be a psychic or an artist, (laughs) you know, or an agriculturist." I was like, "Oh, like I would let her be who she wants to be." Yeah, I would love that, (laughs) of course. But
0: but. she would be surrounded by crystals.
1: Yes, absolutely, and she would be clairvoyant a f absolutely yeah.
0: and like, is your partner um spiritual
1: yeah in in his own way yeah right his own magician in a way, but it was um my last you know my last partner too was he was actually a reiki healer mm. and, um, and whatnot, and he was kind of the one who made me realize I was intuitive and whatnot, but mm. I need that in a partnership um because sometimes I just have crazy well, not crazy but sometimes I have wild ideas where I'm mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. or you know this just happened to me I need somebody to bounce it off of and mm-hmm. uh, he plants a lot of seeds for me conscious wise consciousness mm-hmm. wise and then I'm kind of the one that uh that grows them mm-hmm. a little bit
0: <laughs> I love that teamwork
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a nice little it's a nice flow mm. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I was saying that's interesting. Because some people, I get asked that all the time. Like, is your boyfriend like spiritual? Like, does he do any rituals? I'm like, he is. He's spiritual in his own way, so he's very into ancient civilizations.
1: So and learning about
0: those, like <laughs> learning about those cultures and yeah. things like that. But he's not going to do a full moon ceremony. Like, <laughs> he's not. Uh-huh. He's not necessarily, but he's open to it and he's supportive. But also, if he if he has a crystal in his hand, he'll feel its energy like just life. naturally like no track like <laughs> never done a workshop in his life but he's like oh this like just comes through and it's like oh this feels like this or whatever mm. so there's something there um but yeah I th- like i said i think people are always like curious like oh like what this is a is pet like are you both witchy or yeah and then when my they meet my boyfriend they're like oh my gosh he's not how i thought it was gonna be because he's like he's a he's a he works in construction <laughs> Look, he's got like a beard <laughs> and like isn't like wearing then I think they think he's gonna wear tie-dye or some like baggy (laughs) or something
1: he's a construction bitch
0: yeah exactly (laughs) In, in, in his own way um but like with your with um your alchemy work and the way that you work with your clients and like whether it's within groups and with people, what would you, how would you describe your approach? Like how, Mm. yeah. What do you feel like your way of doing things is? Yeah.
1: I always say I let spirit, um, take the wheel and I let spirit drive the car. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that can be hard sometimes too, because as I've grown in my own evolution and my practice and whatnot, and you know, being a quote type of healer or a spiritual practitioner, (laughs) a psychic, whatever, um, you know, sometimes we can pitch and we can project our own healing and our own stuff onto people. And I think it's something that a lot of practitioners in the space don't talk about. And there's so much inner work when you do this type of work. There's so much inner work that you have to keep up and maintain. So, um, you know, whenever I work with a client right away in the morning, I become very aware and conscious of where my brain waves are at where my energy is at mm-hmm. and I don't try to fix anything I just try okay. to be with it yeah and then you know maybe that day the alchemy for me is a run or maybe it's prayer or it's meditation or maybe it's a big brunch that feels <laughs> indulgent right or whatever and I make sure to nourish me and um then I I sit with my stuff and I make sure that I'm I'm a clear vessel essentially so that I don't bring a bias into work but um I have a few different ways that I work with clients and students right now so I give intuitive readings which um are mediumistic in nature. I connect with um, the client's guides Mm -hmm. and their spirit team. So sometimes it's deceased loved ones, sometimes it's angelic beings, sometimes it's light beings. Sometimes it's guides from past lives that they don't know, but they're on the other side for them in this incarnation. Um, And really those intuitive readings are to um, anchor down the wisdom of their higher self so that they have tangible advice to take outside of the reading. Um, I do soul coaching. So those offerings and the way I approach that is um, they're longer in nature. There is a reading in it, but it's a little bit more um, consultation involved where in the readings, I tend to just jump right in, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just let spirit give me the messages. Um, Soul coaching, I work with the client a little bit more to figure out where they feel they are, where they want to be in their blockages, then we do a reading and then there's some type of um, integration and practice. So it might be energy work that I guide them to do on themselves. It might be meditation, it might be trance visualization, it might be movement. And I love doing those because I really get to work with someone month over month or season over season and watch them grow and flourish. And the goal I always say is that, I want people to be with their own intuition and their own alchemy so that they don't need to call me, Mm -hmm. you know, or they don't need to see me. I mean, if they want to beautiful and I have some clients I've worked with for years that we, you know, we just, we chat on the phone or I'll give them readings once in a while, but I really want people to know that psychic ability and the spirit world is real and that we Mm -hmm. all can connect with it, um, and then the last way that i work with clients or students more so is i do intuitive and psychic development so i do a four-week course and then i also have an additional four to six week course which is all Mm -hmm. one-on-one we follow a curriculum but i customize it for each student and we work on expanding their intuition first having them create and cultivate a connection with their higher self that's different for everybody and then eventually, if they want to, I um, share things that I've learned on how to read without the use of an oracle. So, how to, as I call it, psychically stream. And we get a little bit into mediumship. Um, we get into different pathways of uh, psychic reading. And it's, that's so cool because that's an adventure. It's different every time with somebody. But yeah, those are the, the few different ways.
0: Wow. And then, with, because before, I'm like, like which I think it's really interesting that you worked in. Would you like? Would you call it the beauty industry?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Without yeah. without, without saying <laughs> without saying names.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I worked. Um, so I worked in the beauty industry for about twelve years, mm. um, and. My sister, so I have two older sisters, my um, sister Jill, she was an educator with Redken for a long time. And I was just coming out of my early witchy phase around 12. And she was in beauty school at that time. And I was her guinea pig. And I mean, my sister always loved the makeup and the cosmetics. And, you know, I was a young gay. (laughs) And she knew it. She knew it before I did. But, you know. I'd be her guinea pig and she's, you know, she's like, I want to try this color out or let's dye your brows. Let's tweeze off all your brows, like, you know, and then eventually that became me exploring femininity and mm-hmm. feminine power and transformation. So I found myself in the beauty industry working for a Chicagoland salon and spa um, for a few years. And then eventually I came to work for Sephora and I was a makeup artist and educator for them. Um, and. I went to art school for years and I was really close to stepping into the art world, but something pulled me into the beauty world. And I'm, I'm a Taurus. I'm a Libra moon. I'm very, very, uh, the, the new scene. Yeah. The new Venusian. Yeah. Um, so beauty and all of that and luxury. I loved it. And, um, I just loved working in that industry. It was that is the industry where really I, I started realizing like, wow, I love helping people transform. Mm -hmm. I like being a mirror for people to show them their light because I would have a woman or a man in my chair and I would, you know, people's, people's pain comes out when it comes to their reflection Mm -hmm. and it comes to image because we're put up against so many matrices of how we're supposed to be. And um, just seeing somebody transform from you know learning how to put a facial oil on and like take care of themselves in a way to rocking a red lip to doing a cat or whatever it was powerful mm-hmm. so I eventually left I started working for brands um, as an educator and a sales manager and um, yeah that's how we met I worked, yeah. for, <laughs> worked for a natural beauty brand called Herbivore and the herbivore was so good because i was able to blend um everything with mysticism and metaphysics that was blooming for me with my background of beauty and was able to kind of exist in both realms when i worked for them and just left at the end of the year to work for me so um beauties and it's like in my blood though I feel one day I'll return to it. Um, not, not in the way that I worked in it, but who knows, maybe I'll come out with, um, intentional products one day on a small scale. We'll see.
0: Love it. I can't wait for that product line.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Especially with
0: everything that you know from as being an industry insider.
1: Yeah. And, and it's wild inside. (laughs) It is. There's, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of competition. I mean, any industry, but in beauty, there's a lot of competition and the beauty landscape has changed so much. I mean, in the last few years, you know, we were talking about cancer North node a little Mm -hmm. bit last time we spoke, but um, you know, it became beautiful to take care of yourself and not in a way of concealing or covering up, but in Mm -hmm. a way of actually caring for thyself. So that has really shifted the beauty industry and, um, you know, a lot with um, racial divide right now, too. Mm -hmm. Right? The beauty industry is so biased to a certain skin tone, it always has been or a certain type of beauty, a shade or quality of beauty. So it's changed a lot. And I think it will keep changing.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is just the beginning, isn't it? It's so interesting, because I used to be a hairdresser and I used for a little while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to work for Tony and Guy. I used to be a colour technician. And then I worked for L'Oreal as a field tech and I'd go around and educate. It was just the worst (laughs) year of my life. I don't think I even made it a year. Um, It's, like you said, so competitive, so... Yes,
1: it. A lot of intense energy in that industry yeah. from people and, and back that. then
0: I didn't know about I I didn't know about energy back then. So I was just like soaking it all up. Yes. And all these things going like like might, well Back then, I would if I if I knew what I know now, I'd have trusted my intuition and not gone for the job. Like My intuition was like, don't go for it. You're selling your soul to the devil. Everyone else is like, you'll get a company car. The money's yes. good. And at that age, I think I must have been about 20. Very L'Oreal. 24. Yeah. yeah. 23, 24. And I was like okay, like, yeah, of course, like, I want, I need the, the, the Audi, and the thing, and then as soon as I started, I was like, this is not where I am meant to be, and I can't get out, um.
1: And I find in retail, like, not just in beauty, but in retail, so many people who work in it, or service, mm. customer service, and again, they hold a lot of pain in their body, mm-hmm. and I mean, especially even now, during a pandemic where everything's so skewed and you're out there so somebody can buy their lipstick or <laughs> you know, get their <laughs> expensive chair or whatever it is. Um, but you know, I, I've, when I was in retail for a few years, and I, I knew I was going to be in it longer, I was like, you know I think it's weird that we rush to university or college mm-hmm. after high school. I feel like it should be the normal to take two years off. And everybody should have an office job, mm-hmm. like entry level office job. Mm-hmm. Everyone should work in retail, and everyone should work in food service mm-hmm. in those two years and just kind of get get a vibe because they teach you a lot, but it's, um, it's intense work interacting with people mm-hmm. all the time or being in a hive in an office with people yeah. it's different too yeah
0: and I think when you're empathic, whether you realize yeah. it or not that's cha- that can be so challenging, and I think that's like. I'm grateful that I've learned it now, and I woke up to it quite late in my hairdressing in like career into like what energy is and how to manage my energy and all of these different things and kind of realizing that sometimes I'd be at I would be at the salon doing someone's hair and I remember this one time like so vividly. And I just, this woman was talking to me and in my head, I was like, how do I ask her to stop talking? Like, I can't stop her <laughs> to stop yeah. talking. Like, my, anxi- no. my anxiety was just like, I was like, how? I was like just weaving these highlights. Like, how? How? like, I don't know if I can do this. But then, because it, it had come out of nowhere. And then when I walked away and now, like later I was like, I don't, I think that I was feeling her anxiety. That's why she was talking so much. Yes. that's why she didn't stop talking, she couldn't. And you're
1: stop. So intimate, you're touching, right? Yeah,
0: you're like so close. And all of my clients would always be like, Oh, like I feel so good now, and I'm like just drained. <laughs>
1: totally. and,
0: but I remember when I left, so a like, lot of my clients were really upset, and they were like, What are you gonna do? What am I gonna do about you? Like, because you're a like, healer, yeah. So many so
1: people cool. in those roles, they're either therapists or the empaths, you mm. know, there's a transference of energy. Mm. And that's something, especially now when um, there's such a radical shift and transformation in our collective energy, you know, as a human race, Mm. it's like, what, what energy is the best for me to be around, Mm. you know, and it's hard when you're working, because in those types of jobs, if you're doing hair, if you're in retail, if you're waiting at table, you don't really have a choice. It's not, yeah. So then it's, (laughs) how do I take care of my energy how do I protect my psychic energy and how do I cleanse it and yeah. keep the hygiene
0: yeah whenever I um whenever I'm talking to people that work in retail now like if they're like what crystal do I buy if I'm at events and things and I'll talk because I know what it feels like you need this to protect your energy yeah you get home tourmaline yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> or black obsidian. I, was like, yeah. I bet you get home and you don't want to talk to anyone because you've got nothing left they're like yeah how do you know but yeah because I used to do that because you're giving so much and I think when you're not aware of that you unconsciously absorb energy that's not yours whereas when you have an awareness you can create a boundary and I think also when people are empathic they unconsciously dive into other people's energy yes so it's like uh, whether it's you're the you're the person everyone comes to with their problems or your people are just attracted to you I'm always like I can't sit somewhere still on my own for too long because there'll always be someone that comes and sits next to me and starts telling me their life story um yeah so but, you're
1: just like okay
0: hello. yeah you're like, okay my like, yeah don't make eye contact
1: it's because you make
0: eye contact I don't, yeah. don't want to like be closed up but there is something I think when people are, oh, I'm just feeling so much it's like just check in what are you diving into that when someone is coming to you with a situation or a problem are you making it yours when it doesn't need to be because when you are in when you're in that space when you're diving in and swimming around sometimes a lot of bullshit with someone <laughs> someone else's bullshit you're drowning with them and you're yes. not you can't you're not in that space, grounded space It's just checking in like am i in my body right now Is this person is talking to me or or have i just taken if, like just put on their jumped into their body yes
1: it's like the thirsty fixer archetype mm they're just in the it's so subconscious they're fixing all the time they don't and they have a thirst for it and for empaths too and sensitives anything i think it 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 validates how they feel when somebody else finally expresses how they feel Mm -hmm. so like this happens to me all the time where i'm like gosh i feel you know i feel off and i'm like oh it's it's fine my partner's moody right now you know and he's just not saying anything so there are moments if I'm that thirsty fixer I'm like how are you today what's going on is Mm. everything you know I I zoom in and really (laughs) sometimes we need to just let people be people
0: Mm.
1: yeah and put up our own boundaries or detach or try to be separate a little bit
0: Mm. I think it's hard when you live with someone. I know, like my boyfriend's not a talker at all. So he'll be like, "I'm fine," I'm like, but you're not, and it's, it's I can, yeah. it. <laughs> can We just talk yeah. about this, get this out of the way because I'm feeling this. Like, how long are you going to drag this on for? Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the Aries in you, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Taurus. Taurus and Aries, we're just head on. We're like, <laughs> let's get through this.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let's just be brutally honest and just get, move, move on to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what would you, how would you say, um, what does being intuitive mean to you? Because I think intuitive is something that's getting thrown around a lot. It's a buzzword. And I think I see, I'm like, but is that what you, what you mean by intuitive? And uh, it's open to interpretation anyway. Like what I think is intuitive isn't the right thing. I'm not saying that, but I'm curious to know is like, what, yeah, what does it being intuitive mean to you? Yeah.
1: Intuitive to me is sensing energy. Mm-hmm. right sensing shifts Sen- sensing subtle energy so by subtle i mean things that aren't dense so um you know somebody's uh emotionality in their aura would be subtle versus the emotionality on their face right or in their words right so intuitive is sensing and it's picking those things up emotions energy thought forms mm-hmm. shifts Um, You know, I had a friend who just spent a few days in um, the woods for a vision quest. He's a shamanic practitioner and he was out there for three days, no food, no water, no shelter, um, three days of spirit. Right? And um, he was talking like by his third day and it was was dry and hot this time. Everybody thinks Seattle's rainy. It's it's not in the Mm -hmm. summer. And it's actually, they complain so much here. It's not that rainy in the winter, but at this time it's very dry And uh, we get forest fires. So he was out there. And by the third day, he just felt, he just all of a sudden was like, it's about to rain. You know, I know it's about to rain. And in a few minutes it rained and we haven't had rain in I think over a month. And I said to him, I'm like, well, you became so connected with that land Mm. and that air and the spirits of that forest that you knew the moment the pressure changed and you smell the moisture in the air. And that to me, that is intuitive, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're sensing something's different, it's shifted. So intuitive, it is, I I see what you, yeah, it's totally a buzzword right now. Mm -hmm. I feel we're all intuitive and we all have different ways that we are intuitive. Some people are really intuitive with um, communication and speech, right? They can hear a lie Mm -hmm. or they they can hear what's underneath. Right, So you're sensing, huh, the words are one way, but I'm sensing a tone. Mm-hmm. Or you're saying you're sorry, but you don't, you're not sorry. Some people are sense uh, very intuitive or sensitive with emotions, right? So empaths and whatnot. Some people are very intuitive with nature and animals. Some people are intuitive with collective energy and some people are kind of a mix. And then when we have psychicism, being psychic and mediumship, if intuitive is sensing energy, psychic to me is reading energy okay right so
0: they kind of come together
1: yeah
0: it's like like the feeling but then understanding
1: understanding yes and that streaming of it a little bit more because within psychicism we step into our psychic senses so clairvoyance clairaudience claircognizance and clairsentience or clear seeing clear hearing clear knowing and clear feeling or clear sensing and you know with psychicism with reading energy the, the difference with the two is like okay let's say you walk into a party or let's say you work in retail or you work in a restaurant you walk into the space intuitive ability is something feels off here you know what's weird something's weird here it feels heavy here god i, I don't know what that is and then psychic ability or psychic energy is all of a sudden being like a whoa it's from right over there. Mm -hmm. That human being is having a hard day. Wow. Okay. What's going on? They're in a victim mode. Okay. What does that victim mode mean? And then, you know, we have to have our own psychic boundaries. We talk so much about energetic and psychic boundaries from the outside in, but as intuitives as some says, as empaths, as we discussed, what are our psychic boundaries from our side out? Mm -hmm. So am I going to dive in? Yeah. Is that a is that my business first of yeah. all um and then b you know is that for my health is that going to bring me ease knowing that or whatnot and i think sometimes there's a belief with psychics or mediums that we're always on and we're not um no.
0: you know, when, <laughs> yes, like, you know you, right it's not paranoid. like they're like are you reading me now it's like no, no i don't know like in your that. head yeah. Yeah.
1: If we're not in your head. I don't hear yeah. your thoughts. I can feel thoughts, Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not with, with that. And when we do our work, as you know, that is a stream because we're working with, a, we're working with universal energy and for the greatest good. Mm-hmm. So I have more clarity in a session than I do in my own life. Cause in my own life, it doesn't maybe always serve the greatest good or the collective for me to be reading that victim energy across the room, right? But as an example, yeah, so you, you know, intuitively, you walk into a space, you can sense something's off psychically, it's identifying that, or it's also starting to see the psychic energy like, oh, those two are in quite a energetic mismatch, I'm not going to interact. Um, you know, that person, uh, there's something, so let's say I'm in a bar, that person seems a little bit too much on the Spirit, the substance spirit for me yeah and then mediumship is um that bridge to the spirit world Mm -hmm. so it's using our psychic senses as a platform and our intuition as a foundation to then create a bridge into the world of spirit and connect with our guides connect with higher consciousness um connect with deceased loved ones any of that and Nature, spirit, so on and Mm. so on. But I could go on and on about that. But I think that (laughs) answered question. Yeah, yeah.
0: and that's the thing. Like I love it how you're breaking it down in that way because you kind of see the different. I don't want to say levels or like tiers, but it's like the 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 first is like the intuitive. It's that sensing, and then it goes on to the psychic of understanding what it means. And the next level, if you want to, if you want to kind of go into this other dimension,
1: totally because it's
0: with other. Energies and spirits, and communicating with them. Um, and I'm sure people are listening, but like, oh how can I, can I? like maybe not yeah. like I think it can bring up a lot of fear for people because they're like, What if I, like something bad comes through? Because that's what you see in the movies, isn't it? Totally,
1: <laughs> yes, that's the biggest thing. Well, everyone is, a, you know, when I work with students, too. Because what we do in the first month when we work on intuition is we work on blockages. We work Mm -hmm. on belief systems and fear because a lot of people have belief, I can't do that, or Mm -hmm. that isn't possible, or I don't want to see something that I don't want to see. And I have never, and we're all different, (laughs) I have never seen, you know, a sixth sense image of like, (laughs) that is not... That is not how spirit presents themselves. Nice. Um, they present themselves very loving. You know, mm. some people see light, some people will see actual characteristics that happens with me. Mm. Sometimes people see memories. So, like, why am I seeing you know, a garden with a blue fence? And then someone's like, Wow, that's that was my grandmother's garden. So spirit is not here to spook you out. Nice. And and if it is, and that's another conversation that's entered to you on a swim in. But um, there's a whole spectrum of energy out there, but when we have intention and when we're connecting with spirit in our heart and in our truth and authenticity for our greatest good and the greatest good of all, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a certain stream of spirit that's beautiful and healing and um, magical. And sometimes it is like the movies, really, to work with. So yeah, yeah.
0: it is. And that's thing I think I remember I before I started, I've always been into crystals and the tarot um and just curious about it but i think when i would go for readings and i think it's just what everyone says they're just reading you it's your body language or you're giving okay. it away like so i always kind of was like oh is this is it, like is that is that what what's happening but how do they I know this reading. Yeah, like, how did yeah. like, oh, have we got, a, like, we have got an M. <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> and yeah.
0: it's just like, no, an F, then? It's like, no, <laughs> Z. <Yeah. laughs> like, but I remember, like, but I'd have readings, like, tarot readings, and they would know things about me that no one else could know. You know, as if they, they'd they read, I remember a woman that I used to go to for tarot readings, and, like, thoughts that I'd had deep down in, in I hadn't admitted to anyone about this guy that I was seeing. And she just like called out and I was like, whoa, like yes. there's something that you can't like, even then I'm like, what body language did I give away to like, to give her that information? But it wasn't until I started going to psychic development circles. Cause I think I, I'd gone to, I'd kind of started having my spiritual awakening and I ended up going to Burning Man. And oh. I thought that that was going to be like the, <laughs> the spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, <laughs> I came back like, well what happened it was
1: probably fun though
0: yeah it was it was it was really fun <laughs> but I think I was attached I I was attached to yeah. the outcome I was yeah I, I very much thought I was going to go to Ben and Matt and be completely liberated feel like a completely new free person and I didn't I was just very hungover and dusty totally I <laughs> <lots>.
1: dirty yeah <laughs>
0: I was very naughty. You I probably like, had a
1: bunch of bracelets. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, like All of my clothes are ruined by like player dust. Um, and then I came back and then I ha- had reading with someone because again, it's that classic, like, I need an answer. Like what is going on and how to totally. reading. And she, she was just like, you're meant to be doing this. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you're meant to be doing this. And she's like, come to, come to mind for psychic development. Um, Circle, and then we went and we were doing these practices, and I just knew stuff that I didn't even. I was like, "How do I know? Th- how, yes. how do I know this? Like, what is this? Like, this like craft magic going on?" And it really, it really, it was so like. Again, I can feel people are like, "Oh my god, how do I sign up for David's course? Like, oh my god, David, how do I learn about these things?" But it's something like you said. It's something that everybody has, but it's not. We're not taught how to, unless you sign like you find the right people and you sign up to the course, like we like we have to develop it. It's it's trust yeah. and it's something yeah. that we haven't used before. So it takes a lot. Like you were saying like before it does take, it's not that easy. Like, yeah, I know the answers. it is challenging. Like, because you're pushing these boundaries of what we think we know. Yes. So what our intuition is guiding us towards, because as loving as our intuition can be, it doesn't always tell us what we want it to hear. Like we don't, doesn't always totally. tell us what we want to hear. And that's the, and we can cherry pick. It's like, oh, yeah, my guide told me to buy this crystal. But yes. <laughs> then the guide's like, dump that guy. I can't hear you. Where have they gone? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, what do I need to know about this yeah. tower card? Oh, yeah. putting that back in. I yeah.
0: <laughs> Wrong. yeah. Like the, the signal's dropped. Um, and what for yeah. you, like what has helped you trust your... Mm. psychic abilities and your intuition like what are, like have there been any moments where you've been like right I'm not ignoring yeah. that again that was that was yes
1: yeah, real. yeah. Well, I got kind of um chills on my back <laughs> when you said that because those are the those are the moments where it's like seared into you mm. and sometimes yeah. that's how we learn intuition or no intuition it's just through life it's the painful memories or the painful moments that teach us the most because we're in a realm of duality and we learn. We're students of duality when we incarnate here, when we come here. Um with you know I have a few things. Sorry, I was like trailing off in my head a little bit about but with intuition, with the trust and everything, it's so important to have what I call psychic soulmates because when you're developing your intuition, your psychic ability energetic awareness whatever your path is your connection with spirit your higher power you're you're going against the mainstream mm-hmm. so Yes it's you are. It's yes it's been starting to become with social media and the way that communication is it's been starting to become more known there's more resources there is a global awakening. That has been happening for decades and it's each year it gets bigger. But you're still going against the mainstream of our systems and our governments and the matrices of how we're supposed to be human. So that's hard for most of us, the way that we were raised and the way that we were told to make our money and the way that we were told to find a partner or a lover or whatever our life is, um, it doesn't include that type of ability mm. and that type of higher wisdom or power. So there's so many beliefs there and there's a distrust collectively against you. Um, I don't want to say it's against you, but it can feel like that at times. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It's important to have people that you can talk to about your experiences like, hey, I was meditating and, you know, I don't ever see anything, but all of a sudden this started happening. Has that ever happened to you? Or, um, you know, I was in a bath and, you know, I, I could start to tell that I had energy blocked in this area of my body. It was really weird. I moved it away with my hands or just... Having these people in the support system, whether it is a psychic development circle, it's a one-on-one mentor, or it's a buddy of yours that you can talk about what you're reading, that community is so Mm. important. Um, And that's something that I don't want to say I didn't have. I wish I had more of it wasn't my path. I think that's why I teach the psychic arts now, because I want people to not feel alone with that Mm -hmm. journey. And I want people to have... In my younger years, that I didn't have. So there's the thirsty fixer coming out, right? Um, but the trust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the trust part. I was asked that by a student when we started two months ago, and he asked what what allowed you to really start trusting this. And I was like, it wasn't the small shit. <laughs> it was the big stuff. It was leaving the partner that we weren't good for each other anymore and we were holding on. It was leaving, um, you know, the city that I was comfortable in to go be by myself across the country. It was leaving a job that I was tired from. It was taking a leap from an industry that, you know, I was used to a certain level of abundance and leaving it meant financially it would change and all that. It's the big moments that spirits like I want you to believe your higher self's like, I want you to come and you got to take the jump. For me, that's, those are the times that built it. And it's so loud. I know, I hope I'm getting better at, I think I do. It, It becomes so loud when you're in a place of intense suffering, when there's a lot of compression, when there's a lot of pressure, that's an indication that, you know, we have to look at things different right now. So just because you're intuitive, because you're spiritual, because you practice witchcraft, because you read tarot cards, any of these things, it doesn't mean our life is perfect and you know that we still have intense stuff we go through, but it gives us a compass, it gives us a lamp, it gives us a sword, and it gives us clarity so that when we're in the valley and the shadows of life or the harder times, that maybe we don't have to be on that trail so long. Maybe the lesson doesn't have to make us suffer so much because we can see it quicker and we can get out of it quicker um but trust is hard even to this day as somebody who reads for people i have moments when i'm in sessions and i'm like i feel like i'm making this up
0: Mm. you know and
1: i just say it because it comes through and it's it's big for somebody and that's what my first psychic mentor um audra garcia she taught me early on Um, she was like if it feels like you're making it up, it's probably real. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I know that sounds weird, but that's how it works. Mm. You're just gonna, it, it comes through. So trust is a hard, um, it's a hard quality mm. for humans. And there's so much right now in the world that we don't trust. You know, we don't trust how we've been set up to live mm. often. You know, we don't trust, um, at least in the U.S., we don't trust government to take care of us. We don't always trust each other to take care of each other, right? So, it's a big thing.
0: Yeah, it is massive. I remember, um, I remember doing a Reiki um, treatment for someone, and I just—I was doing the treatment, and I just had this cartoon ghost come through, and I was like, oh, wow. "What? Why?" Like, so I say so my my kind of the my psychic my clairs that i'm that come through to the strongest as like clairvoyant clairsentient and clair like i hear things mm-hmm. um but i remember like seeing this guy's and i was like doing the treatment i'm like why are you there <laughs> and the ghost is like woo! But literally that's how it sounded like, Woo! because he's scared of us i was like oh my god <laughs> and I was, like, I'm, I'm making this up like this where is this come from like why is this coming through because normally i get other things that is more realistic that seem more tangible yeah. not cartoon ghosts anyway so after the session i was like talking it through and i'd said and i was i'd written it down i was like i'm not i can't say i've seen these ghosts i can't like but then i was like okay just just see it so he can take it or leave it can't he so i said look i've seen these ghosts these cartoon ghosts he's like oh my god i'm so scared of ghosts i won't like grown man married <laughs> like, uh-huh. like it wouldn't go downstairs at night because he's so scared of ghosts. So that's why they came through as these like cartoons. Yes. Irrational childhood fear that he can't get over. And that was really powerful for me because I resisted that. I was like, that can't be, that I'm making that up. Like, where does that come from? You do have to sometimes like not have attachment to it and say, okay, like this is, because the messages we're getting, as you know, they're not for us. They will be communicated in a way, if it's for someone else, that they understand it like we might be like I don't know what this means I don't know yes. why I'm seeing this like blue car or blue fence but that other person know instantly yeah Or sometimes and they don't know straight away and then they come back late and they message you and they're like I know what that blue car was like
1: <laughs> yes know. yeah because sometimes the message isn't in, in the present it's later mm. down the road
0: or people resist it they want it they want to they want to attach the answer to something else so they're like no i don't know i don't know and they once they've had like a moment think about it that it just drops in like they they feel the connection
1: yes and the the cartoon ghost that's so important for people who are wanting to develop their psychic senses or intuition because like clairvoyance and even with you like i i heard you didn't mention claircognizance Mm. i feel like Claire well, Yeah, that is
0: one of mine as well. Sorry, Claire Cosmic. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I feel like that's one that everybody has, but it's the mm. hardest to trust because it feels like your own thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I've noticed that the other psychic senses, so clear hearing, clear seeing, and clear sensing, almost specifically clear seeing, will work as kind of like the title of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And then clear cognizance comes to write it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then, you know, I see the cartoon ghost. And then I honor that, and I say that, and symbolically, that means something. Mm -hmm. And then the claircognizance comes on to kind of stream, but we all have a psychic symbolism. So, you know, for each reader, they have their own psychic symbolism, but then... A client or a sitter wherever the message is going they have their own psychic symbolism so as a reader and as a channel or conduit you get a combination of each and it's Mm -hmm. hard because you see a cartoon ghost and you're like what the heck does this mean this is so silly but it's something to his subconscious and Mm -hmm. that's clairvoyance i found it uses the language of dreams which is the language of our subconscious so if you can understand the subconscious language which takes time Mm -hmm. to to learn it's good to like journal it you can Mm -hmm. start to track it a little bit
0: yeah and I think that's the thing with like dreams it's a dream interpreting like what one cartoon goes, what a cartoon ghost might mean for one person someone else could mean think something else
1: absolutely And,
0: and I think when people are starting to get to know their intuition it's not like I've seen this look it up what does that mean it's art like yeah. I was like, asking those why are you here <laughs> like what are you about no, rather than going to Google and being like what does cartoon ghost mean like Google is going to be like Casper yes.
1: <laughs> not That's gonna- a good, like Google and books and all that those are good mm. stepping stones yeah. but everybody eventually you know even learning um the spirit of animals and the symbolism mm. of those everyone's going to have their own interpretation yeah. or what green means to you is means something different to yeah. me there's a dream psychologist, I forget her name, I'm so horrible with names, but I watched this interview with her and she was um, she was talking about when she works with clients, you know, in somebody's dream, they're like, let's say the client's father dies in their dream and they come and they freak out and they're like, is it premonitory? Is my dad going to die? And she had a percentage of how much premonitory dreams happen. It's small. There are some people that premonition comes a lot in dreams, but- she slowly, you know, she calms the client down and then she asks, what does your father or a father represent symbolically to you in your life? Mm -hmm. And then the client might say, um, you know, stability or, you know, maybe it's, um, they're not involved in my life, you know, all these different things. And then she says, okay, well that, whatever that symbolism is of that, that is what needs to die in your life Mm -hmm. that is dying not your father because everyone in the dream is you when we're in a dream it's our subconscious so if my best friend is in my dream which happens all the time i see one of my best friends who lives in brooklyn like almost like through the through the quarantine and pandemic like every saturday night she would be in my dream maybe hanging out and then I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, I, I'm socially lonely. I need my girlfriends. Mm. Right. So my subconscious gave me that friendship yeah. to kind of show me, like, hey, call one of your friends or go have a socially distanced parked visit. Mm-hmm.
0: Or whatnot. But
1: yeah, the subconscious is wild.
0: <laughs> it is. Even, like, it's, it, even as you're saying, like, everyone in your dream is you. It just feels so, it feels like an acid trip.
1: It, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> when well, you start then...
0: to think of it,
1: I talk about this with my um, yoga teacher because I teach yoga nidra, which is dream or sleep yoga, mm. and you're guided into a dream, like an in-between dreaming state. It's quite amazing, but um, we talk about it all the time because she has really vivid nidras like I do, and I don't know if this ever happened to you. Have you ever had a dream in a dream before? Yeah, yeah. So if you can have it, and what I mean by that, like, if anyone's listening, like, you know, you're in a dream, and then you wake up from the dream, and you're like, oh, I was dreaming, but then you wake up from that dream. Mm. And then it takes you like an hour, you're laying in your bed, like, am I awake? Like, where, where am I? But if we can dream in a dream, then what the fuck is this? Like, what is this then? Yeah, this one big dream. So Mm gosh <laughs> right talk about it so my
0: brain's just melted
1: <laughs> yeah everybody in the dream is you and then at the same point I mean that's a that's a common spiritual principle is that you know everybody is you yeah. It's Everyone, yeah. energy so yeah I start to get really like whoa well, <laughs> we,
0: <should, laughs>
1: we should reel it back in a little bit
0: <laughs> but for anyone that's like wanting to learn more about developing their psychic superpowers like what would you what would you recommend yeah what are your top tips
1: first and foremost and this is said so much and everybody who is hearing this they know this too (laughs) meditation like (laughs) meditation they're probably eye-rolling like i just
0: don't want to do it
1: (laughs) yes and and i'll be i'm gonna be real like some days i don't want to meditate you Mm. know And, and sometimes it's hard but usually once you're in it It starts to feel good I I really don't under I mean I get it that's a different podcast but I really don't get why we don't teach children meditation like in my life that's something later that I want to start doing is working with children to teach them conscious movement conscious thought form and meditation we need to learn how to be out of our head and just to be aware of our head and to be in our heart and to be with our body Mm -hmm. so those few things meditation helps you do that, and meditation's not linear. There's many ways to do it. It's not always sitting for 20 minutes in silence, right? There's transcendental meditation. There's visualization. You could walk and meditate. Um, you could play music, be in a trance state. You could journal. I mean, to me, it's very multifaceted. The point of meditation to me is to strengthen one's receptivity. Mm -hmm. So any practice that allows you to feel receptive to yourself, to your body, to your thoughts, to what you're needing and what nourishes you and to your environment, that is meditative to me. So meditation first and foremost. Um, I think journaling about experiences is so important. I'm a big fan of journaling. I think it's huge to be able to go back through life and look at an entry from five years ago and see, oh, I was dealing with this, Mm -hmm. just a different version. But when you're having, starting to get visions or when you're starting to um, be a truth detector, when you're starting (laughs) to sense things or hear things, record it somehow. there's, there's like four qualities to a mystical experience. And one of the qualities is that they're fleeting. They're ephemeral. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have it. You yeah. know, it's like, every I think anybody listening to this podcast has probably seen repetitive numbers or maybe has been driving and all of a sudden they see a message on like a billboard or an advertisement that speaks mm-hmm. to their thoughts. And that synchronicity, you feel it in your body, but it's fleeting. And when you go to tell somebody else about it, People are like, oh, that's really cool, but yeah, they weren't there. They don't get it. it. Kind of becomes an inside joke with you in the universe, and it's. <laughs> I think it's important to record it somehow so that you have it for you, and you can also track how it develops. And recording psychic symbolism is so important. So with clear audience, somebody's psychic symbolism might come through the form of songs. My guides, my ancestors, will often sing a song um, to indicate something, and I might not even be in meditation or dialogue. And let's say I'm reluctant about something. I'm nervous. I'm afraid to go do X, Y, Z. I'll hear a song by Garbage, which is called Go Baby, Go Go. And okay. the That's lyrics are, yeah, yeah. It goes, um, go baby, go, go. We're right behind you. Go baby, go, go. Mm-hmm. And it's encouraging. Yeah. Um, I have chills as I hear it now. So you know, how often do we just hear songs in our head and you start singing it, but slow down and actually like, look at the words. What's being said to you? Is that your higher power? Is that your guide giving you a message? Mm -hmm. Record that. What does that mean? Um, Record what it means to see a cartoon ghost. (laughs) And the last thing, um, you know, read, expand, explore, educate yourself, talk to people. Everybody's psychic ability is different. And I already talked about the importance of a psychic support system so if that looks like a mentor a teacher if that looks like a platform where somebody shares a lot of amazing ideas and content a book a good friend share and explore and be a student my psychic ability is different this week than it was a month ago and it is different than it was two years ago and um a medium that I took a course with one said that our mediumship and psychicism has seasons.
0: Mm, so so interesting. Yeah,
1: there might be a time where, you know, and this has happened in my practice where mediumship is very abundant and it's just like session after session, we have loved ones coming through with profound messages. And then sometimes it's more on spirit guides and sometimes it's not on any of that. So it's, it's never going to look one way because energy doesn't look one way no energy looks many different ways um so yeah it's fluid
0: so the moon is in different signs every like it you changes signs every two and a half days and yeah. what you're saying like with the seasons
1: mm-hmm. do you
0: notice like i i mean i notice if i'm doing a reading a day of readings the same theme will come through with everybody
1: yes or, or yes there will be
0: part, <laughs> there will be a card that everybody that everybody gets totally and do you think with that same thing is also down to the moon sign that it's in
1: i do think that a lot one thing before i talk because i want to talk about the astrology with the moon because i think that has a profound effect Mm -hmm. Uh, i always say that the healer is always getting healed too or the reader is getting read too right so when I started doing readings, that would happen. But then it would also happen where in a week, everyone I was reading for, there might be like a chapter in their reading that was similar to what was going on, like very similar. And it was hard because I'm like, am I projecting, you know, my mm-hmm. stuff? But I would trust it and it would, you know, it would work, it would shift something. And I would talk to my mentor at the time and I'd be like, why? Like this has happened over and over again. And, sh- and she said, you will notice that like, the universe and spirit is going to bring you people that are also going through what you're going through mm-hmm. in a way, and you always get healed from it too. I, I, you're probably similar. I can't always remember what I say in readings of the oh, client. And even, like,
0: even last night I did an event and I was like, channel, like answering someone's question, channeling, and they're like, So, what did you just say? I'm like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like recorded. I don't know. Yeah. I remember <laughs> like moments like, you know, oh, I, I we were talking about your careers, mm. like but, um, yeah there's there's that quality to it and i mean there is there's psychic weather and there's collective Mm. energetic weather so when the collective is going through something right and tarot is archetypal so it takes all the energy and it puts it into an archetype into a structure so we can identify it and talk about it and see it with the moon i noticed and i was thinking about this before our talk um you know, we we say you know when the moon is full, you know intuition is bigger. There's more mm-hmm. illumination, but really, gosh, I've had been on new moons for my yeah. intuition. <laughs> it's it, the cycle's always different, and that's because we have a consistent cycle going all the time, but it's always in a different sign. So the signs have a different quality. Mm-hmm. So a Pisces full moon is very different than a Capricorn full moon <laughs> yeah. energetically collectively and individually so when the moon's in a water sign versus an air sign but then also we have to consider what is the sun in mm. you know what's going on with the sun sign what are the other transits that are going on um do we have a full moon and uh in cancer which is really intuitive but is there a mercury retrograde and communication is skewed and also whether it's an
0: eclipse
1: yeah eclipse yes
0: (laughs) i love the story one
1: thing (laughs) so i teach on um i rotate teaching yoga nidra and different alchemy practices on full moons and new moons but in the eclipse season i did not (laughs) <laughs> because eclipses are intense on me in my mm-hmm. life always i always just go into them like all right so is going to be a thing but the energy is uh frenetic and it's intense and it's in my opinion it's not the best time to manifest mm-hmm. or to do big magic because there is big magic already happening it's it's collective and universal versus just local and me working with the new moon or whatnot but yeah the signs the signs really um, they shift how we're feeling and I think it's important I mean if somebody's building their intuition and their psychic ability use the energy that's local to you so we were given on this planet, Um, You know, the forest and the woods, the ocean, we're given flames and fires, crystals, all these things that we can channel our energy into, but we're also given the celestial bodies. And over the years, you know, we have collectively all agreed that Mercury retrograde needs retrograde means xyz or a full moon means this or that so the more we collectively believe in it the more tangible and felt that energy becomes and mm. that energy is something to work with eventually i think in your own path and practice and what however your energetic your magic or spiritual practices is forming for you you can get to a place where it's not disrupted mm. right by celestial events and whatnot but it's really i think it's important and it's beautiful to work with them a lot in the beginning to align yourself and to grow and expand and all that
0: mm, i love that yeah. um and that's the thing i think sometimes when things are going on like mercury retrograde people just play the blame game
1: yeah oh god yeah. and
0: like you're saying it's like this energy is tangible work with it it's there for a reason for us to do that self-inquiry and to transform and and alchemy which is like what you're all about it's that's what it's for it's not like oh like Mercury retrograde like this I was late for my flight but actually I didn't I didn't actually keep in mind it's Mercury retrograde and there could be problems with yeah so I gave my I like could have given myself extra time but i didn't
1: totally and it's the it's the victim archetype Mm. and we do this a lot as empaths do this a lot i did it a lot too Mm. like oh i'm just so sensitive i feel everything so much i can't turn it off you know blah 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 and i'm not discrediting that that is something that happens but it's just that awareness right and the receptivity of your current self how Mm. am i in this state right now what am i saying is this true and, um, you know, with Mercury retrograde, there's a, 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 an amazing astrologer here in Seattle, Stephanie Galing. And she would come, she actually worked with us at Herbivore. I'd bring her in for, um, bring her into the workplace and she'd do workshops. And she would always teach us. Um, she's like, retrogrades are about looking back you know what what what's going to resurface from the last retrograde to this retrograde so there's jewels and there's treasure in that chapter and that really stuck with me right instead of this chaos in the moment Mm -hmm. and then i eventually learned something that shifted how i looked at retrogrades i need a video about this because I always thought, you know, we hear Mercury retrograde means technologies skewed, communications bad, things aren't organized, et cetera, et cetera. And that does happen. It is Mm. felt. But I always thought because of that, that meant that when a planet's retrograde, it's on the other side of the solar system Mm. because we see it, you know, it looks like it's changing direction in the night sky when really it's just a different side of its orbit. So I thought, oh, well, that means it's, farther away from earth so like its battery power is low and all that stuff just falls it's like no nothing (laughs) works but i was taught that retrograde with mercury it actually is when it's closest to earth in its orbit so the retro yeah the retrograde phase means that it's closest it's that little journey when it's closest to earth so what it actually does is it amplifies its magnetic effect it's energetic effect, it's archetypal effect, it's closer felt. So it's not that the battery loses its power. It's that the battery, it's like you turn the battery on higher. It's like that setting on the blender where you turn it all the way up and it like flies everywhere. <laughs> that, that's really what's happening. <laughs> so it's supercharged and it's, it, it's not a time for blame. It's a time to learn, mm. right? All these things are heightened. How do they need to be reworked?
0: Mm and that reflect and just the reflection. Yes. So it's the, re, the retrograde It's going back, like what do I need to learn or what do I need to leave, revisit and what's there or leave behind? Like, yeah. Um, and like that leads on really nicely to the question that I love asking everyone um, on this is like, if you could go back to another phase in your life and that could be to just enjoy it and just be there or, to go back and give yourself a message, what would that, when or, yeah, what would that be? I have two. (laughs) You can (laughs) have two.
1: (laughs) I have two. I have two phases. (laughs) Because one's not enough. First thing that comes up, um, and I do believe that, you know, we choose the path and the paths mm-hmm. that are meant for us. And that there's a series of paths and different routes. But when I was younger, I was bullied so much. I mean, I was a closeted gay kid. I was apparently gay. I did not pass as not, <laughs> you know, like my yeah. partner, he was lucky he grew up with a lot of gay friends, like five
0: and wow,
1: early 2000s. That's kind of not normal, at least mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> um, but, you know, and he was a little bit more masculine. So he didn't, that didn't happen a lot. But, um, you know, back then I, I was very, um, I isolated myself a lot. And I became very ashamed of my feminine energy. I didn't have an abundance of masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I work with that, both of those energies very differently now. But I would, if I could go back to that phase and I could look at myself then, I would say, own oh, your feminine power oh i
0: love that
1: because in a few years
0: <laughs> yeah
1: everybody's gonna be embracing it, <laughs> yeah. and they, right like now we talk about the return of the divine feminine mm. and speaking of feminine and masculine you know we talk so much about the return of the divine feminine and, and we honor and that we need it i don't think the divine feminine ever left i think what left was the divine masculine mm. because we've been in toxic and we've been in wounded masculine mm. Mm -hmm. the systems that the world operates in and the matrixes and the governments and all of that is very when you look at wounded masculine energy it exists in that and then it puts us in as people into wounded feminine but the the divine feminine never left the divine masculine is what we need i guess that's Mm -hmm. another that's yeah
0: that's (laughs) That's another phase another series and yeah. like there's so many conversations <laughs> we need more time we need more episodes
1: yeah the other I mean the other one is very kind of sounds superficial um God. I would when I was in art school I um turned down a, a venture this is like the, my biggest regret I turned down a venture to study abroad in Florence and um be with a, a pretty cool painting program over there because mm. my mother <laughs> my practical mother she was like what are you gonna do She's like, how are you going to afford it? What do you, you know, she talked all that into me. So I stayed to make $10 an hour, you know, in the summer, Mm. which whatever, that wasn't a lot or anything. I should have just went to Florence. Mm. It would have been such a cool, um, adventure, but I was so, I was so nervous to travel when I was younger. So Mm. going to Florence by myself at age 21 scared the shit out of me to be alone. And, um, yeah, I would have told myself to go do that. I mean, think of all the, the adventures I've could have had. So yeah. one's very deep and one's like, oh, that would have just been a fun trip.
0: Yeah, but, but then I think also like that, even with with that one, even though it feels like you said, it's like it's a shallow one, it isn't because that's probably, that experience has informed your decisions. That's probably why you've got into careers where you've traveled so much.
1: Exactly. And why, and
0: done so much.
1: Yes, to expand it. and to see. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, like you said, we need that that moment where we don't do it and regret it. Yes. So don't not do that next time. So that trust. We, yeah. So that we trust. That's to make my more.
1: intuition. Yeah, I guess it's not superficial. <laughs> it all ties, back. but my intuition then was like, go. Yeah. Go do that, and I didn't. Mm. Um, the summer was okay, but you know, I made ten dollars an hour in a salon, and you know, smoked a lot of weed and <laughs> went to the beach and just whatever. Could have <laughs> <Yeah>. been <laughs> could have been different. <laughs> so.
0: Oh. um and and like is there anything else like with as it's another phase like what's next for you like is there what do people need to know about you that's like coming up that they need to look out for
1: yeah well i've been starting to um do much more talk on astrology so you know, most of my work is within the psychic realm and the energetic and psychic arts and yoga and whatnot. But I've studied astrology for almost like 20 years now. And I never called myself an astrologer. So I'm just starting to talk about it more and share the ideas and um, some predictions that I feel, you know, about things out there. So look out for that. But I'm also um, working on an Oracle deck right now. (gasps) And some intentional and uh, mindfully made items that we'll see how they come about. But allowing my Pisces North Node to drive the wheel and be fluid. So that Virgo yeah. South Node, oh goodness, it <laughs> oh wants everything to be structured and aligned yeah. and have a plan. So I'm trying to be be very more Piscean with it. Yeah, but yeah. I got some um, projects, and I've always dreamed of making an oracle deck. I, yeah, and, you
0: said that before when I saw you in London.
1: Yes. I mean, the way I got into reading, I was gifted the Wild Unknown, Kim Cronstack. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, she just created such a, a movement because she created this, such a beautiful, artful deck. And there's mm-hmm. been so many beautiful artists who've come out with these profound tools that connect people to their higher power. And um, I, would love to make, I would love to make art like that. So that's mm-hmm. in the works and still conceptualizing, but be on the lookout for that.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. And how can people find you?
1: Yeah, so um, if anybody's interested in my offerings, working with me, um, doing psychic development or anything like that, website is alchemybydavid.com and then Instagram and whatnot for videos for any of my uh, wild psychic forecasts and ideas, I also um, do about bi-weekly collective readings for free on Instagram live. Um, Instagram is also the same Alchemy by David. So happy to see everybody there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will already. <laughs> and I'll, I'll um, add, or, or, uh, when I go through the episode, like I'll make notes so I know where to get the links from you so that if it, yeah, people mm-hmm. listening like, where do I find that? Or what, what do I, what is that what, they talked about? That will all be in the show notes so that um, people can dive in deeper.
1: Amazing amazing thank yeah. you yes thank you this is so amazing nice. i can't wait to like talk with you again podcast or not yeah. i just feel like we have yeah. fun things to talk about that's what my guide really? showed me too i was meditating it's like what do i need to know about today and they showed us laughing and i just yeah friends so i was I like yay. yay! but yeah we should definitely i'm gonna
0: stop recording now Thanks for tuning in to this episode with me and David. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into all things psychic. I feel like I could have talked to him for hours about all of this. So luckily um, you can, if you need to, if you haven't written notes um, or there's anything that you feel like you've missed, you can listen to this again as many times as you need to Next week, I have got Lucy Sheridan joining me. She is a comparison coach. So we're going to be talking about comparison, which I think is going to be really helpful to look at through the lens of the waxing and waning phases of the moon. Because when the moon is waxing, that's all about taking action. And comparison can be what stops us from doing those things that we are feeling called to do. Um, And also the waning moon phase, we can use that phase to let go and release any old ways of thinking and any kind of like patterns like comparison um, to let that go to really create space for the things that we want to be doing so yeah I can't wait to share that episode with you but in the meantime if you could if you haven't already (laughs) subscribe to this podcast so that you can make sure that you are in the know for when that goes live and so that you don't miss any of the other episodes that I've got lined up for you and if you could rate and leave a review for this podcast I would love you forever that would be super helpful and also if you need me you can find me on instagram at underscore underscore wolf sister if you want to send me a dm or tag me in your pictures where you're tuning into the podcast uh, I'd love to hear from you